as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Alright everyone, welcome back to the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, aka Citizen Bot, also with Big Shiny Robot And the slate is a little bit light this week uh, Seeing as some movie theaters decided not to screen their movies for us So... Uh, unfortunately, we do not have reviews for Sinister 2 or American Ultra. However, rest assured, uh, from the feedback we've been getting from people who went out and paid their harder money to go see them, uh, it's, they're not worth your time. So I would stay away from those. But we do want to talk about uh, one movie in particular, a- uh, Hitman, Agent 47. And when we're done, uh, we have kind of some cool movies to talk about, too. So stay through after the review. But Andy, tell us about Hitman. Yeah, so Hitman Agent 47 is the sequel to 2007's Hitman, based on the long-running video game franchise of the same name, in which you are, oh, a bald-headed Hitman with a barcode on the back of your neck. And that's where your name Agent 47 comes from, or the last two digits in that barcode. And you go out and you whack people, and stuff gets blown up, and... Video game ultraviolence hijinks ensue. Unfortunately, the films that are based on that video game are not near as entertaining as that source material, as is the case for a lot of video game films. Uh, somehow, this sequel, which was also a little bit of an attempt uh, of a reboot uh, with a different cast from the first film, different director, uh, it somehow manages to be even more boring and lackluster than the original. Yeah, I almost fell asleep like four times in this movie. <laughs> yes, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, this was this was deep, ponderous exposition that was completely meaningless, punctuated occasionally by a somewhat interesting action sequence. And when the action sequences are happening, uh, they're a little bit fun. But there's not a whole lot of new ground tread here. And I just ended up feeling like, despite this film's 96-minute runtime, I probably would have better spent 96 minutes playing the video game itself than watching this. So I, I was not impressed. Uh, what what little plot there is to explain here, uh, the agent program which has created these perfect killing machines uh, the leader of it has gone underground, and uh, people are searching for him. Uh, the key to finding him seems to be a, a young woman named uh, Katya Van Dees. And so an agent, Agent 47, uh, played by Rupert Friend, is tasked with hunting her down. And so he begins doing so with Terminator-like efficiency. Uh, a counter agent played by Zachary Quinto is also deployed, um, named John Smith, and then the two of them face off uh, against one another, uh, taking different roles as they either are trying to protect her or trying to have her lead them to the creator of the agent program. Ultimately, this plot gets really ponderous, really heavy, really stupid, really fast, and despite all the twists and turns it tries to make, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so, I mean, if you really, really, really love this franchise for some reason, 
I guess you could maybe go check it out, but <laughs> there, there really isn't anything to see here. So I, I ended up being really bored and unimpressed by this. Yeah, the, the biggest problem that video game movies have is they take one of two routes. Um, either they try to do something completely brand new that has nothing to do with the source material, so like Mario Brothers back in the, the 90s, yeah. uh, or they become they're so slavish to the game that they try to do everything that's in the game in the movie, and I think that's kind of where Hitman goes. Uh, for those who are familiar with the game, and if you're not, you really should be. It's a, it's a very well-made game. Uh, the plot's great. Uh, it's very much a, sto- a story of redemption a lot of times for this you know, this tool of this government that's been forced to kill people and is trying to find his own soul when that's his only purpose in life is to basically be a mass murderer. Um, but in the game, uh, one of the cool things you can do is anyone you kill, you can pretty much put their clothes on and then go undercover and try to hide out and while you're sneaking through things. What this movie does, there's one, there's one scene where in a 30-second time period, he changes clothes like four times to match the people going after Katia. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, you can do it in the game, but just because you could do it in the game and it's cool there doesn't mean it translates well into a film medium. Uh, it's the same reason why we've never seen Wolverine in his yellow spandex, because it's dumb. <laughs> what works in a, a book or a comic or in a, in a game isn't going to translate well into a movie. So that's one of the biggest problems they have. Uh, and also, like you said, they try to get too ponderous with the plot. They try to add too many layers to it and, you know, try to double cross this, you know, twist here, do that. Uh, you can see all the plot twists coming pretty easily. Um, the one thing I did like a lot though, was that until about halfway through the movie, you really didn't know who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. If it was agent 47 or, uh, Zachary Quinto is John Smith. Uh, except for the fact that I don't think they knew. I think they were kind of sitting there in a trailer writing the script as they went, and they go and throw a page out. Go film this. Go film this. What happens next? We don't know. Uh, because this had a very rushed, really thrown together feel to it. Uh, it. It's not really a spoiler because it's in the in the trailers, but that Katya is kind of an agent herself. She was like becoming like the perfect agent. She's agent ninety, um, and I guess her secret thing she can do is that she can see the future and see through other walls of other buildings because that happens about 30 times throughout the movie, that she can all of a sudden find out where things are magically, like she's got radar, like Solid Snake does in Metal Gear. So it's it's just not well put together. Uh, like I said, I fell, almost fell asleep a couple times. The only good thing about it, I can say, is that Rupert Friend is a decent Agent 47. Uh, not that Timothy Oliphant was bad, but he was just slumming back then. <laughs> yeah. So I there's nothing really to see here, especially with a summer of so many great kind of spy-type movies, like uh, Man from U.N.C.L.E., Mission Impossible. Uh, go see those instead. I, I ended up around a 3.5. Yeah, I ended up at a 3, and I, I immediately texted you after this movie about the similarities that I found between this and a Season 4 episode of South Park. Oh, yeah, go ahead and tell us about that, because that was hilarious. So, in Towelie, there there is a genetically engineered towel that the military and this giant corporation are fighting over because they want to create the next generation of smart towel. And of course, there's the rogue next generation towel who they deploy to try and go after him. And the whole time, the kids, Eric and Kyle and Stan and Kenny, they're just trying to get back their video game system. (laughs) And so there, there are these great scenes where like the people from the corporation are explaining to them, oh, well, the military double-crossed you, and they're just sitting there going, don't care, don't care, don't care. 
can we please play our video games now? <laughs> and that's how I felt this whole entire time, where that episode was a parody and a send-up of bad, predictable action movies, and this was that action movie. That they just, they could have taken the, the script beat for beat from Taolu, and we're the audience, we're Stan and Kyle saying, don't care, don't care, don't care. Can we play yeah. our video games now? Uh, and one of the funny things about Tally is that he's constantly getting high. So if you are, if you reside in a state where that's uh, a legal thing to do, that may help you enjoy this movie more. <laughs> um, me personally, I don't live in that kind of state, and I don't I don't really enjoy that to imbibe that. So I didn't have that experience, but it may help make this movie a little bit better than what it is. But yeah, it's it's just not good. Don't go see it. No comment. Yeah. Uh, but, man, summer, end of summer, it just, we start getting take out the trash time from the studios, and it it feels so bad. It's like, why do we have to slum it in August? Uh, and, and actually, that's a, you bring up an interesting point, and that's actually what we wanted to talk about uh, as far as, you know, slumming it in August. So, as most people are aware, August is, August and also January are the two months of the year where movies go to die. Uh, it's the end of the summer. People don't really care about that. They're going back to school. They're getting ready for school. Or they're on their last-minute vacations before school starts. They kind of push out the stuff that you know they think, hey, we've already lost money on this. Let's not worry about it anymore. Let's not waste more money. Um, so generally speaking, the worst movies of the year are going to be in August and also January. Now, there are some exceptions to that. I mean, recently we've had Planet of the Apes. Uh, we had Gardens of the Galaxy, which was obviously a fantastic film. So there are exceptions to the rule. So what we want to talk about was excluding those movies, uh, maybe some really, really good films, or at least decent ones, that came out in August that most people don't realize, you know, that either maybe they're not a classic or something, but they were a great August film. And the one I picked, which I didn't even know until I went you know, doing some research, was uh, The Iron Giant. Uh, those who haven't seen it, uh, it's directed by Brad Bird, who's done a lot of stuff with, uh, he did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, of course, tons of stuff with Pixar. The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Uh, the upcoming Incredibles 2, hopefully. Well, we know that's coming, so that's, that's exciting. Uh, but, you know, The Iron Giant was, in my opinion, uh, I would almost say it's one of the best uh, animated movies to come from a U.S. market. So, leaving out uh, Studio Ghibli, Hizaki, um, it, it's a fantastic movie. It lands themes and acting and just basic storytelling better than I'd say 95% of movies out there. Uh, I'm sure everyone's pretty much uh, familiar with it, but if not, uh, it takes place in the 50s. Uh, so, you know, small town America, everyone's kind of worried about you know, communists, and aliens, and all this kind of fun stuff. And anyways, this this giant robot, the Iron Giant, crash lands uh, in a small town in Maine and, you know, eventually meets up this kid named Hogarth. Who's, uh, his dad's passed away, and they just become friends, and of course the government finds out and gets involved, and there's a big battle, and you know, at the very end, you know, the, the robot may or may not be destroyed. Uh, I'm not going to gloss over it because it's a film that either one you should be familiar with, and if not, uh, go see it or go buy it. I mean, you can, I think it's even on Netflix nowadays. But uh, utterly fantastic storytelling. Uh, it gets things right. 90% of the time, other movies can't, and uh, it's just something you should definitely go see if you haven't, but it's really weird to think that one of the best animated films of our time came out when 
and appear when studios just pretty much had no faith in the movies that were coming out at that time period. Yeah, it's that's so crazy. And, you know, it, the, in one sense, I think studios sometimes put stuff in audience uh, in August that they're not sure audiences will understand or get. And that way, if it fails, then they can be like, oh, well, it was an August movie. And looking at Guardians or Planet of the Apes, I, I think they were not sure audiences would embrace the weirdness of those films, but they did. So um, it, it feels though like it doesn't have to be that way. And so I'd like us to step back into the time machine to 30 years ago and the summer of 1985. Um, summer of 1985 is a, actually a pretty amazing year for movies. Um, stepping back into the time machine is is apt because uh back to the future came out uh, yeah. in, in july of 1985 uh lots of great um sci-fi and and other types of movies the goonies mad max mm -hmm. beyond thunderdome day of the dead um but august of 1985 remains a high water mark for really kind of odd and crazy films. Let me just run some of these down for you. Okay. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Possibly still my favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, <laughs> uh, Fright Night. Weird Science. Uh, Follow That Bird, the Sesame Street movie. Yeah, was I that, liked a, it. I that liked was an it August movie? Night. Yeah, that was an August movie. I, uh, um, I liked that in 1985. I was young enough that I was still into Big Bird and not Fright Night. Um, Real Genius, starring Val Kilmer. Um, Summer Rental with John Candy. Uh, Teen Wolf. Uh, so you've got oh, wow. two back-to-back -back Michael J. Fox iconic movies coming out within a month and a half of each other. Uh, and my pick for all of this, Better Off Dead, uh, which yes. came out exactly, exactly to go today, August 23rd of, uh, of 1985. Better Off Dead is a lesser-known John Cusack movie and might be my favorite. Of Which is a shame because it's a wonderful movie. It's, it's just hilarious and ridiculous. John Cusack plays uh, a young teenager named Lane uh, and Lane's big problem is his girlfriend Beth just broke up with him and he's so heartbroken by all of this he spends the first two thirds of the movie um, devising different ways to kill himself, which all go off the rails in madcap ways, uh, interrupted by his bumbling parents or other circumstances. And of course, everyone around him, uh, because Beth was so cute and so popular, uh, they're all coming up to him to ask if, if he'd be okay with them dating her. Uh, <laughs> just, this just uh, is like the perfect... Uh, teen romance, love labors lost sort of thing. Uh, and then he's surrounded by these crazy madcap side characters. Across the street, he's got Ricky and his mom, who yep. have brought in uh, a foreign exchange student from France. Um, his parents, who, as I, I mentioned, his mom is just so hilarious. She's the worst cook in the world. And they have the French exchange student over, and she's like, we're going to do a French-themed uh, uh, meal. So we have French fries and 
ranch <laughs> dressing, and to drink, Peru. <laughs> just holding up a bottle of Perrier. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, uh, and of course, I think the thing that people remember the most about this movie is the psychotic paperboy who keeps trying to collect $2 from Lane and is following him the whole movie yelling at him, $2! I want my $2! <laughs> of course, like all 80s movies, it ends with Lane having to uh, stand up to the town bully on the ski slopes and beat him at his own game uh, by skiing the, the hardest run at the resort. And yeah, because it's an 80s movie. Um, it, there's so much that's cliche here, but it it's just done so well. And it has absolutely one of my favorite lines ever in a movie. Uh, where Lane ends up in the back of a car, uh, garbage truck, and the guy's like, Man, that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. <laughs> uh, um, this, this movie's great. I love it. I could watch it all day. Every day. And what's actually interesting is you're talking about uh, with the Tally episode of South Park uh, was, was kind of parodying bad movies, and Hitman ran off that. Uh, interestingly enough, South Park actually parodied this movie in one of their episodes. Uh, called Aspen. Aspen, yeah. Yes. So it's kind of interesting that both of our movies had a had South Park times. <laughs> yeah. Well, South Park is, has, at this point, having been around for, oh, 15, 18 uh, I think it's, I think this is the 17th or 18th season coming up on us. For that long, I mean, South Park has basically done everything at this point. So. Well, and what's kind of funny about that is, you know, years and years ago, they had their Simpsons Did It episode. Where mm-hmm. everything was Simpsons did it. Well, it's almost now to the point where we can go like South Park did it because <laughs> they've pretty much touched everything you could possibly talk about. I mean, they were making fun of Jared from Subway before all this stuff even came out about him. <laughs> oh, that episode is prophetic. I just went back and watched that again. That was uh, him beating the dead horse. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. but yeah. Anyways, it's just these are you know Andy more so because he actually got a whole. A whole year to pull from. That's kind of amazing that we had one August that had so many great movies in it, but ridiculous. Yeah, and and we look at this and we've got Hitman, Agent Forty Seven, and uh, oh jeez, this this month is not making me very happy. Yeah, I mean we did, we did get Man from Uncle, which is good, yeah. but uh, we also got Fantastic Four. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna wrap it up this week. Like we said, unfortunately, some studios decided not to show their movies, probably because they were afraid of them. Uh, so, <laughs> hopefully, instead of watching uh, Hitman, you'll go check out either Iron Giant, Better Off Dead, or any one of the movies uh, that Andy also listed off. Next week, also a little bit light. Again, it's the last week of August, so uh, kind of dealing with those last-minute vacations and going back to school. So, we only really have No Escape, which is the uh, movie with Owen Wilson, where he and his family are stuck in a war-torn country, and they're trying to escape from revolutionaries. Uh, and also, We Are Your Friends, uh, the Zac Efron is a DJ movie. So if you do not like EDM or electronic dance music, uh, stay as far away from that movie as possible. <laughs> what if <laughs> I really love Zac Efron, though? Uh, where are your plugs? Okay. <laughs> so we'll be back here next week with those. Uh, until then, have a great week, and we'll see you later. Andy, take us out. Can we please get back to playing video games? Please. <laughs> Hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Monk at 
Everybody, man. <laughs> Welcome home, Smart Tail RG400. Uh, hi. Is this where our Okama Game Sphere is? We're missing out on some quality video game time right now. Thank you for bringing him to us, boys. You see, this is not an ordinary towel. He is the RG400 Smart Towel, designed with a computer chip inside the terry cloth. We don't care. You see, here at Dynacorp, our goal was to make the perfect towel. A towel that would sense how wet or dry the user's skin was and fluff itself accordingly. Dude, we don't care. Towelie was our greatest success. Smart enough to beat the average human at chess and absorbent enough to soak up even the toughest spills. But then one day, Towelie got high and just sort of wandered off. We don't care. All we want to know is who has our Okama Games fear. Oh yes, your video game. I'm afraid that what we all experienced was a trap. They called you and said to bring the towel, and then they called us and said they were bringing Towelie back. Their plan was to wipe us all out with one fell swoop. Who's they? Why, the military. You see, after Tally got high and wandered off from here, the military got a hold of him. They wanted to turn Tally into a weapon of mass destruction. Don't care, don't care, don't care. Tally was at their base for months as they tried to copy his TNA. But then, one day, Tally got high and just sort of wandered off again. God damn it! Can we please just get back to playing our video game, please? I'm afraid not, because your Okama game sphere is at their base. Can you tell us where that is, please? You mean to go right into their base? Of course. The entry code should still be in Tally's memory banks. You could sneak him in there and recover his TNA. Great plan. Oh, man. What? I'm so high right now. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs>